Remember this? What was this? This was the message last Sunday, wasn't it? Right? And you know, it's not a surprise. Pastor Peter has a way of really inserting a very beautiful topic after giving us uh, tons and tons of things to make us do, to, to, to obey and transform our lives. He gave a message about surrendering your Isaac. Well, have you identified your Isaacs? Brian, you have identified your Isaacs? Over the weekend, while we were having some D-group and meetings, some people said, no, I've identified my Isaac. Good! What's an Isaac? It's something precious that you're holding on to and you cannot give up, right? And many times, it takes the place of God in your life, right? And what God is saying is, surrender your Isaac. Because the moment you surrender your Isaac, something is going to happen, Something is going to happen. And um, one of the parents said, you know, now I understand. When I asked my children what their Isaacs are, they came up with my cell phone. Okay. What about you? What about your Isaac? Your Isaacs can be something good. It can be your job, right? It can be another person that you are so focused with. Just like when you were watching the kids play, you know, isn't it possible that they are your Isaac in one way or another? You know, true. But I hope the message was clear. And my question is, since Sunday and since this message impacted you and spoke to you, have you really considered surrendering your Isaac? Or it just remained here in the head and not yet being done specifically to do what you need to do? Surrendering your Isaac. Why surrender your Isaac? It has something to do with something great, guys. I will repeat. Why surrender your Isaac? Because it has something to do with something great. And it's no surprise why Pastor Peter shared this triangle of God's blessings. You know, it's not a coincidence that he said, surrender your Isaac, and then he talked about God's triangle of blessing. You know why? Because they're connected. The way for you to experience God's blessings is for you to surrender your Isaac. Remember the triangle? God's blessings on one side, and then there's faith and obedience on the other. And you know where surrendering your Isaac lies? It's right there at the bottom. It's all about faith and it's all about obedience. God knows who your Isaacs are. And you know what your Isaacs are. And all he's saying, hey, don't put those above me. If they are already taking over my place, God is saying, give them up. Surrender them. Why? God, this is something very important. Are you kidding me? This is the job that I prayed for. Are you kidding me? This is the woman and the man that I prayed for. I'm 45. And he came and he's so handsome. Are you kidding me? Am I going to give him up? Uh, well, you know, God said, surrender your eyes. Huh? God did not. God isn't unclear. God is very clear. Surrender your Isaac. 
And you know, last Sunday when Pastor Peter asked that question, surrender your Isaac, I was watching. Remember, he said, how many of you here are ready to give up your Isaac? Raise your hand. Okay? I was watching George. George has two hands up like this. Where's George? He's not here. Oh, okay. He surrendered. You know, not only his hands, his two feet were also raised. You know, I'm exaggerating, but I saw guys, I saw many people lifted up their hands because I knew God spoke to them in that message. And I knew that every single one of us have Isaacs to give up. And I know that God spoke to you because you saw the connection between surrendering your Isaac and experiencing God's blessings. But my question is, did you really make the move? You saw the picture. You know what your Isaacs are. But are you really or have you really given up? Or did you just remain right there in the back of your mind? I saw people willing. Honestly, I saw you willing. And right now, I know you're willing. Because you know the connection. You know the connection between surrendering Isaac and the blessing that God is going to give you. I know you know that and you're willing. You know what the hard part is? The doing. That's the hard part. You know, many of you will say, yeah, that's where I get the black eye and that's where I really, 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 really fail miserably. Danny, what's the answer? What's the solution? Help us. You know, God has been very, very clear. God does not want to complicate Christianity. God wants to bless us. God wants to give us the best because we are his children. And all he's asking for is have the right perspective and know the big picture. I want you to surrender your Isaac and I just don't want you to will it, but I want you to do it. And this is where we fall short most of the time. The mind is willing but the flesh is weak, as we always say. Are we going to let this thing just be what it is? No. Pastor Insong and I are excited because you guys have been moving in the direction that God is allowing us to move. Meaning what? Transformation, becoming better and better people, becoming selfless and humble people. That's great. But that's just the beginning, right? We have a, we have a long way to go. It's a lifelong process of maturity, and the doing is what will make us really become the kind of people that God wants us to be. Now, where is doing as far as the triangle of blessing is concerned? Guys, it's right there. It's on the obedience part. Do, do you get me? Many of us know what to do. But we stop because it's hard. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe when I'm ready, okay? Maybe when, when things are in my favor and I can handle it much better. We give all sorts of what? Rationalization and excuses for not doing it immediately, right? Because doing is obedience. And then Pastor Peter used a phrase last Sunday which caught me and I would like to share it with you again. Thomas Kempis said, 
Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Did you see that? Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Wow. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want a show of hands, but how many of you are delaying obedience? <laughs> oh, right there. Be very honest, okay? You know, and you know, please realize that delayed obedience is disobedience. So if you don't, if you don't obey instantly, you're disobeying God. And you are putting yourself in a position not to be blessed by God. Did you hear me? If you're not obeying, you're putting yourself in a position not to be blessed by God. No wonder. Guys, no wonder. Abraham what? Instantly surrendered his Isaac. Oh, you mean instantly? No. It was at that point in his life, when he was 99 years old, when God told him to surrender Isaac and sacrifice him in Mount Moriah, he did not hesitate. He instantly obeyed, right? We saw that. We saw his faith and his obedience. And we saw that in Genesis 22, where it says, what? So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him to do exactly what God wanted him to do. When he was 99 years old, he started to obey God instantly. But it didn't happen that way, guys. He had to go through a process of transformation just like all of us need to go through a process of transformation. Right? But God is expecting that at one point in time, our faith and our obedience is so solid and so strong that when he gives a command, like surrender your Isaac, we'll do it instantly. Why? Because the blessings will be there. It's connected to our blessings. For Isaac, it started... Way, way back when he was 75, he was called from the city of Ur to go to a place called Haran. What did he do? Instantly he went, right? Without even asking God, God, am I going to leave this beautiful place, my, my townhouse, my wonderful, wonderful, big, big residential, 500,000, $1 million home, and then go to, you know, a place where I will just be living in tents? He didn't ask that question. God you know, he said, I'll go. He went. But in the process, he still experienced some what? Debacle. He still experienced some failure in his faith and his obedience. But God started to work on him. And then when he was already in the promised land, so to speak, right? God showed him a vision. And this, the vision is that I'm going to make you a great nation. That was the blessing and the promise that God gave Abraham. He believed it. He pursued it. But of course, along the way, he faltered until eventually we get to a point when he was 99 years old that God said, okay, I've given you your Isaac. Now what I want you to do is to surrender your Isaac, sacrifice him. At this point, Abraham knew his God so well. Remember, at this point, he was 99 years old. He learned his lesson and he knew his God so well that there was no moment of hesitation. He immediately surrendered his Isaac. You have your own Isaacs today. Are you going to instantly obey? Peter, your Isaac is Jenny, right? <laughs> oh, it's so easy to surrender Jenny to God, right? No, I'm just kidding. You know, what is it that is taking over God's position in your life? That this 
Isaac or this idol, so to speak, is controlling you. And God is asking you to give it up. And that is what you call doing. And that is what you call obedience. That is what you call obedience. In the triangle of God's blessing, you will see it's right there. The doing is essential. Consequently, therefore, guys, if we want God's blessing upon us, his chosen people, we are his chosen people. And if you want God to bless you, obey in faith. And I kid you not, surrender your Isaac. Now, not on an installment basis, but now. Not when it's convenient for you, but now. Right? Surrender your Isaacs now. But you might say, alam mo, mahirap pa rin eh. I, you can shout. You can, you, can, you, can, you can preach to the end. But I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling. I, I'm not sure I can really easily do it. You know why? I submit to you there's one, one thing missing. Faith. It's a big word. But my intention for this morning is for you to understand this so that it will jumpstart us from just remaining theoretical to becoming actual and doing in our lives. Faith. Faith. <clears throat> faith requires trust. I'm going to show you a triangle of faith. Faith requires trust, and trust requires knowledge. Did you get that? You will not have trust or faith in someone you don't know. Right, Stan? The people that you trust and have faith today are the people who are closest to you, your spouse probably, your parents probably, because these are the people that you know all your life. Yes or no? You trust them. And whatever they say, more, more often than not, you will do it, especially if there's a attached blessings to it. <laughs> do your homework. Finish your college. I'm going to give you a car. Okay? Right? Faith in God, therefore, requires trust in God and more importantly, knowledge of God. So, if we are struggling to give up our Isaac, I submit to you there's something missing. Look at this boy. Look at this small boy. He is, he is swimming and his dad is right there at the bottom and he's asking, the dad is asking, come on son, jump. Okay? What do you think the son will do? jump because he can recognize the face of the person asking him to come and jump right if you try to cover that face right and the son or the, the boy cannot see who that person is will he jump no because there is no trust and there's no knowledge of the person that we are putting our faith and trust upon consequently my challenge to us this morning is for us to really begin to surrender our Isaac, for us to be more obedient, for us to be more, I guess, action-oriented and obedience-oriented so that we will experience the blessings of God is we have to know God. Know God. 
Know God to trust God and have faith in God. Number two, faith in God to obey God. You can see the sequence. Know God to trust God to have faith in God. When you have faith in God, you will obey God because you, you know Him. And when you obey God, believe me, you are expressing your love for God. And when you are loving God, here is where it comes in. God loves you and He is so in love with you at the same time that He will not stop to bless you. Love God is to be blessed by God. And when you're blessed by God, you will bless others. Tama? Right? I know, I know many of you here in, in, this, in this hall right now who are so generous, who are so good. You love people so much. You share your blessings. And you know what happens when that happens? People will see that in this place, we love one another. Now, I, 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 would, like, I would like to submit to you that one, two, three, four, five, that sequence leads to what you call happiness. Whether you like it or not to me, I'll be happy if I have wonderful relationships all around me. I may have all the money in the world, but if I'm not in speaking terms with the people around me, what's the point? But I may not have enough money, but if my relationships are great, my wife and I are having a blast, okay? Our, my children and I are having a, a, a time of our lives and we come together and there's no, no boundaries between us. Oops, I'm sorry. Can somebody get between us, then everything will be okay. So to me, happiness is related to relationships. And I would like to submit to you a principle, and this principle is this. The blessed happy life principle starts with knowing God. It starts with knowing God. And therefore, Pastor Insong and I and the leaders of the church agreed to start a series on knowing God. And I would like to introduce this series today by giving you a big picture. If you want God, if you want the triangle of blessing that of God is talking about to work in your life, you got to start knowing him first. It starts there and it ends up in the happiness we're talking about. Why? Because God wants it that way. God wants it that way and he ordained it that way. What way? The only way that God wants is for him for us to know him. <clears throat> Thank you. In um, Jeremiah 29, can you read that please? Do you see that? You know, God is saying, hey, I don't care about how smart you are. I don't care about how rich you are. Okay? All I'm interested about is that you know me. If you're going to brag about you being a Christian, I want you to brag about you know and understand me. Period. That's the way I want it and no other way. That's the way he ordained it. And in fact, he said, if you know me, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you different people. Here's what he said in Daniel chapter 11, 32, the second part. And it says, read it please. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Folks, do you want to become strong, decisive, and action-oriented people? 
Hello. Do you want to be strong and action-oriented people that will bring results in your life? What is God saying? What's the secret? Know your God. Know your God. Know your God. Do you know your God? Truth is, truth is, and I'm going to risk and extend myself out on the limb here. You might not like this, but the truth is, we don't know our God. We think we know our God. But many of us do not know our God. Because if we only knew our God, guys, you will not hesitate to surrender your Isaac instantly. But if you right now are seated here and you have an Isaac and God wants you to give it up because he wants to replace it with something better and you don't give it up, something's wrong, right? You don't, you don't know who's asking of you. You don't know who is demanding of you to give it up. Well, why are you asking me to give it up? I don't even know you. What's your plan? Precisely, you don't know his plans. You don't know his purpose. You don't know his agenda. And I submit to you, if you only know his agenda and his purpose because you know him inside out, believe me, you will surrender your Isaac. Thanks, Peter. Was it you, Peter, who said that? The truth is, we probably do not know our God. Thus, we may never surrender our Isaac. We have other gods. Hard to admit, but true. Our Isaacs are really the gods we know, also known as idols, to serve our agendas. Why do we want that job? Why, I, why, why can I not go to a Sunday worship on Sunday? Because I'm working. You know, if I stop working, I won't be able to provide for my family. You know, give me a choice. Come on, guys. I'm being practical. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're making sense, so I won't push it. You know, but God said no. You know, I am your priority. Always look after me. So you're confronted with a conflict and you say, no, I, I cannot give up this job. You're being asked to go to a Bible study or uh, open your Bible uh, to, to, to spend time every morning on the devotion, but I don't have the time. And there's so many pre pressure. You know, you, you just, you're just what? Overwhelmed by many other things and you all of a sudden give up because you have other gods and actually, you have idols to serve your own agenda. And actually, you are the God because you want your agendas served. And these idols control or direct our lives, whether you like it or not. So, if they are there, do you really know your God? You know, all because we do not know God to trust Him, to believe Him, and to obey Him. Consequently, we displease God. We don't reflect his glory. Our lives go the wrong way. Consequences of not obeying and not really trusting God's plan, purposes, and agenda kicks in. I, I'm just making you uncomfortable at this point because I want to show you that there is a solution. I want to show you that there's hope. We don't have to remain this way. I was so excited about last Sunday because I know now what to do with my family. 
I know how to communicate with my son. I know how to communicate with my daughter. I know what to do. Are you going to do it? Uh, yeah, I will. But first, let me, let me settle the issue with myself. And when you start looking at the issue with yourself, you never move forward. You're stuck. Why? Because you let your own agenda kick in all over again. Because you have your own idols, yourself, and your own selfish purposes. That's why this morning, and for the rest of our lives, guys, for the rest of our lives, the CCF leadership and the people around you are committed to make you know your God in a very special way. Know your God. To trust Him and to have faith in Him. To obey Him. To love Him. And eventually to be blessed by Him. And when you are blessed by Him, you will bless others whether you like it or not. You will bless others whether you like it or not. And again, I say that is happiness. And again, blessed life starts with knowing God. Okay. Maybe you're still not convinced. Let me take a look at it from the other position. Okay? Maybe this time it will jolt you. Okay? Okay? Uh, maybe you've been hearing cliches. I've, I've heard that before, Pastor Dan. You know. Yeah, okay, I'll try. You know, let, me, let me approach it from a practical side this time. Okay? Very practical side, and maybe this will jolt you, okay? What happens if we do not know God nor seek God? You are not in the position to admit right now that you don't know God because you're saying, oh, I know God. Pastor Dan naman, I've been attending the Bible studies for 20 years. Don't tell me I don't know God. Okay, so if you know your God, then are you surrendering your eyes on? No, 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 give me time. <laughs> teka, teka, there is something wrong there, okay? So let's take a look at it from the point of view of you really don't know your God and not seek Him. What happens? Okay? So that this time you won't deny. Maybe if you know the consequences, then you will start thinking. J.I. Packer writes in his book, Knowing God. He said this, The world becomes a strange, mad, and painful place and life in it is a disappointing and unpleasant business for those who do not know about God. Disregard the study of God and you what? Sentence yourself to stumble and blunder through life blindfold as it were. Ouch. With no sense of direction and no understanding of what surrounds you. This way, you can waste your life, and even lose your soul. Is this serious or is this serious? What, what, what is Packer saying? You know, if you don't know God, you have sentenced yourself to a life of waste without you knowing it. You just go through life blind as if everything is okay, but in fact, you're headed for destruction. That's what not knowing God will do to you. A life of no impact, you end up in eternal lost, a cursed life, so to speak. So that's your option. If you don't know your God, whether you like it or not, you are cursed. Ouch. Okay. You might say, Okay. Okay. I'm going to point you from the other direction. Okay. Uh, but before that, 
I would like to show you the consequences of not knowing God. There are two. Number one, a wasted, cursed life, whether you like it or not. Okay? If you don't know your God and if you don't seek God. Number two is this, the absence of God's blessings. Uh, you know what? They're, they're both acceptable to me. <laughs> cursed life, if this, if, this, if this is the kind of life that you call cursed, I'd settle for it. I have a nice house. I work. I teach the Bible. I attend Bible studies. That's fine. I, I think that's okay. That's not really a cursed life. You think, right? Because, you know, subtly you have your own eyes up. That's number one. And you probably are not there. But you'll probably be more, be more open to number two. Absence of God's blessing. Oh, no. No. God is blessing me. You know? Me? Marnell? I've got a lovely wife. What are you talking about? Marnell, welcome back. Okay. Yeah? I, I have, I have, my kids are okay. They're all doing well. My job is okay. That's God's blessings for me. So don't tell me I don't have God's blessing. You see, that's the problem. We see ourselves as okay from both perspectives. And what does that tell me? What does that tell me? Despite the warning, the warning of having a cursed life and the warning of not experiencing God's blessing, why don't we know God or try even harder? There are many things. Oh, maybe that's, you know, it's irrelevant. I, I'm okay with my life. Lalang, okay na kami ni God. You know, I, I pastrol stroll lang, sabi nga ng anak ko. Okay. Relax. You know, don't really know what we are missing and facing, but I don't care. I'm fine. I'm cool. Right? I'm in America. I'm not in the Philippines. I'm fine. I think I'm, I'm, I'm better off now, etc., etc. You think you are, and I have no question about that. But you know, I submit to you the last point. You have no idea. You have no idea what the blessings nor the curses are for not knowing God. You think you do, but you don't. I will repeat, you have no idea what the blessings are and the curses are. The moment you understand the curses, you say, I don't like this. And the moment you see the blessing, I want this. Until you get to a point where you are as passionate about getting the blessings and dispelling the curses, you will not even desire to know God. You will be happy where you are, contented, not surrendering your eyes up, and in the process, shortchanging yourself for the blessings that God wants to give you. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? First, the curses. Look at the curses. The curses that befall one who does not know God. Ooh. Psalm 115, 4-8. Okay. Their idols are silver and gold. The work of man's hands they have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. And here's the killer. Those who make them will become like them. Everyone who trusts in them. 
You understand the implication of this? You will become like your idols. Other than God himself, who is the God of the universe, the rest is idolatry. And if you don't give up your idolatry, the curse is very simple. You will be like them. God is saying that without any reservation. And many people are not aware of it. Actually, guys, we're not aware of it. We're, we have become like them, you know, in so many ways because we have eyes, but we don't see. <laughs> you know, we have ears, but we don't hear, right? Why? All because we have let other gods take control of our lives and not let our God be our God. I want you to see the seriousness of that. When you see that you're hanging on to a God which is different from the, the God of the universe, the God of Isaac, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then you're hanging on to a God and you will become like that God. And that's why I want to challenge you, know the God of the universe. Know the God of the Bible. And tell your heart, do I really know you as I should? Because if I do, then God God, don't make me like the gods that I worship. I don't like that. It's ugly and it's bad. Some more curses that will befall the one who does not know God. Psalm 53 verse 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They've committed abominable injustice. There is no one who does good. You know, you might say, Hindi naman ako yan eh. that's not me. I, I believe there is a God. Yeah, you believe there is a God. But your ignorance of God makes you think that there is no God. Absolutely. If you believe that there is a God, then we should not stop knowing completely who this God is. Because if we don't and we stop right where we are, the Bible says, you're fools. And to me, that's a curse. I'm looking at the other side of the coin. Now, You who do not know and believe in God, these curses are not so bad. <laughs> and you don't mind this happening to you, right? <laughs> I, I, no, not me. I don't like to be called fools. I don't like to be like the God of the universe. Francis Schaeffer said, as a man thinketh, so is he. Okay? He said, it is important to realize what a difference a people's worldview or belief makes in their strength as they are exposed to the pressures of life. People have presuppositions and they will live more consistently on the basis of these presuppositions than even they themselves may realize. Guys, whether you like it or not, something is in there. You believe something. And what the Bible is saying and what, what experts are saying, whatever you think will become who you are. So if God is not there and you don't know who God is, and in fact you have other Isaacs and other gods, then you will become like your gods. And that is going to prevent you from experiencing the blessings of God. As we always say in CCA, Pastor Peter keeps on, this, this statement impacted me early on in my Christian life. You know, um, I, am, I am educated. I'm a college graduate. I don't accept just anything that's given to me. 
So when I understood the principle, Pastor Peter kept saying to us, wrong thinking, wrong behavior, cursed life, meaning your life will be a mess. Hmm, okay. And then he said, right thinking, right behavior, blessed life. I like that. What's wrong thinking? What the world offers. What's right thinking? What God says. So if you don't know what God says because you don't believe in God, then you have no option except believe the world. Whatever you think becomes who you are. That's the curse. Now I want to talk about the blessing. And this is what changed my life, believe me. This is what changed my life. And I kid you not, until you understand these blessings, you will not break through in your Christian life. Second, the blessings from God to those who know him. If you know God, God will bless you. Look at this. John 10, 10 to 15. Can you read this together, please? The thief... I don't know with you if I have Jesus and he is my good shepherd and he's willing to lay down his life for me I am in good hands believe me right and but what's the condition he said I know my own and my own know me guys you cannot claim the promises of the recent Savior you cannot claim the promise that he will never leave you nor forsake you he said he's willing to lay down his life for you and in fact he said while you're here i will give you an abundant life life in all its fullness now, i don't know with you maybe you're already happy with your life today and you're saying abundant na naman eh. okay na naman kami please for a moment set that aside and think of the abundant life that jesus is promising Think for a moment what kind of abundant life there is that you are not yet experiencing. And connect the dots. Why am I not there yet? Because you probably don't know him as much as you should. Pastor, I'm reading my Bible. I'm not removed. I'm not, I'm not blaming you for that. Go ahead. Read your Bible. There's something more missing that I would like to share with you this morning that I would like you to discover so that you will know your God and this promise will become yours. Is that a deal? Right? So, he said he will never leave you nor forsake you and he's willing to lay down his life. But the condition is you know him and he knows you. Another blessing. This I like. And I've memorized this over and over again. To me, if you want to make Christian life simple, just know what it promises. And to me, this is it. Romans 8.28 And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose for those whom he foreknew he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren and this whom he predestined he also called 
And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Guys, that's the blessing. If you cannot even picture that and you cannot even taste it, something is wrong. You probably don't know who's giving the blessing. Like that child who's about to jump in the pool. You know, the dad says, I will make all things work together for good for you. I will justify you, glorify you, predestine you, everything. He's rattling all of those blessings. All I want you to do is jump. And then you don't jump. What's wrong? You don't see his face as you should see his face. You don't know him as you should know him intimately and personally. How great is that? All things will work together for good. Sean, all things will work together for good. Is there something in your life that is not yet that good? Yeah. And he said he will make all things work together for good. Is it a girl or a career? Maybe both. Good. Okay. For those of you who are looking for jobs, for those of you who are looking for anything, God will cause all things to work together for good. And if it's not there yet, hey, it's not up to God. It's up to you. You're missing something. Do you know him really? He said, those whom he foreknew. Oh, God foreknew me? Yeah. You mean, you mean, he chose me? Yeah. Yeah. You're here, you're special, and you're chosen. How do you like that? <laughs> you know, amidst all of the choices that God has to make all over the world, he chose you and me. And after choosing you and me, he said, hey, I'm going to make you really, really special. I'm going to cause all things to work together for good. And I'm going to make you just like my son, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to make you part of the family. Wow, the God of the universe? The God who can, makes, who can make our out-of-bounds ball go straight, Ulrich? The God who can make our sour business turn good? The God who can heal cancer, nine. The God, the God who, who's got nothing impossible, okay? To him, nothing is impossible. And this God will cause all things to work together for good for you. And here you are seated, but how come mine is not there yet? Maybe you have not surrendered your Isaac. Maybe you don't really trust him enough to surrender everything to him. Just maybe. Guys, how great are these blessings promised to those who know God and are known by Him. Say amen if you believe these blessings are great. Amen. Say louder, please. Amen. If you really believe these are blessings and they are yours, ask yourself the question, how come I'm still here where I am? If you hear great stories of before and after, like, I was this big, now I am this sexy. Right? You know, God said, the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Artista pala, action, camera, No, guys, there is so much promise. Before, after 
you know you look at the you look at the evidence you know if you're if you're a lady who's having problems with weight you know you'd say well I, i'd like i'd like that but before you do it before you do what those guys are doing what are you going to do you're going to check who's behind them right you're going to check who's the author you're going to check is there a doctor involved is there a principal you you're going to check everything and once you check them and verify them what do you do you do it because what you're happy about the results and the same thing is true for god god said i will cause all things to work together for good for you and if you're not there yet guys you're missing something you don't believe in the person who said it probably enough you don't believe in the person who said it enough you don't believe that god can you still believe that you can and god can and you step aside god i'll do my i'll do my own thing first guys you don't know your god you don't know your god that's why in the next coming sundays we will attempt to really know who god is what is he like who he is and what is he like so that the more you absorb this god the more you'd say ah i don't have any problem letting go i will not have any problem letting go of my isaac because this is the god that i want to put my trust in and i know him because if you don't you never will the god who is made the god the god what did i put here the God who made these promises, never mind the is. The God who made these promises, John 10.10 10, and Romans 8.28 is great and almighty. In fact, the Bible is very clear. It says, in the beginning, imagine the first word of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If God can create the heavens and the earth, what is it that he cannot do in your life? Huh, Christine? Mike? Two more, two more babies, right? <laughs> Nothing is impossible with God. And God will take care of it. First, we need to know. We need info. Revealed facts about God. We need knowledge of who God is, how He exists, and about what God is like. Second, we intentionally and aggressively need to go beyond just the facts about God. And we need to know God personally and intimately question is this but God can really can God really be known answer yes, yes and no yes. I said yes and no it's yes and a no okay <laughs> not a trick question the Bible says yes and no no God cannot be known because God is incomprehensible by the way a finite person like us cannot comprehend an infinite God okay in other words, it's just beyond us because God is God. Otherwise, we are God and he's not. So the answer is no. But at the same time, the answer is yes. Okay? God is incomprehensible. Job 11, 7 to 9. Can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? Hypothetical question. Rhetorical question. The answer is no. They are high as the heavens. What can you do? Deeper than soul. What can you know? It's its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. Conclusion, God is incomprehensible. Isaiah 40 verse 18. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare with him? Meaning what? Nothing. God is incomparable. Because God is incomprehensible. The, creates, the created things cannot put a picture on the creator. Believe me. Many times we do. 
We try, but it's not possible according to the Bible. Nonetheless, can God be known? Though He is incomprehensible, the Bible declares that God is, yes, knowable. Otherwise, we will not be telling you to know God and push you to know God and give your Isaac because you will know God. John 14, 7 says, No less than Jesus, He said, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know Him and have seen Him. How? Through Christ. You understand what I'm saying? He's incomprehensible, but yet God said, hey, you can know me through Jesus. Can God be known? John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. 1 John 5, 20, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. There's a lot of revelation, and God is saying, I want you to know me. There's no way we can say, God is not knowable. No, he is knowable. Can God be known? Most certainly, according to the revealed word of God. Therefore, we have to know God. We have to know God. If God can be known, and he wants us to know him, my last point before I close is this. And I'm going to challenge you into a, a journey together. Together, we will, the leaders of this discipleship movement is committed to see you through in helping you answer this question. If God can be known and he wants us to know him, my question again to you is, do you know God? Already? Truly? And really? Enough to avoid the curses of other gods and enjoy the blessings he promises? If you know him, you're willing to give up your other gods because this God that we know is worth it and he will bring us to where he promised he will be. How do you know that? How do you know that you know God? What are the proofs? And you know, in your D groups, I like you to ask these questions. What are the proofs that we know God? First, do you let God be God already in your life? Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. I preached on this two Sundays ago, or three Sundays ago. I ask you to let God be God, because we are part of God's creation, and God's creation will declare the glory of God. Why do the heavens declare the glory of God? Why do the seas, the plants, the, the flowers, the babies, the creation declare the glory of God? You know why? Because they let God be God. They don't fight God. We people, we fight God. <laughs> we want to be in control. That's why His glory never, sh never, never, never shines in and through us. But what, you know, the proof that you know God is you will let God be God. What else? You will surrender your eyes up. You won't hesitate to surrender your eyes up. What else? The proof that you know God is in Daniel 11.32b. You will be strong and you will be doers of the word. If you're not there yet, ask yourself the question, Lord, what am I missing? You can be like Abraham. You can be like Moses. 
These guys are doers. They knew their God and they did what they had to do in spite of the odds they were facing. Right? It's all written in the Bible. These great men of God did what they had to do because they knew their God and their God will meet their needs. Like the Apostle Paul. The, apostles, the Apostle Paul's um, life slogan, to know him and the power of his resurrection. He never gave up until he died. I want you to consider all of all of the great men of the Bible, you and I can be that. But it all starts with knowing our God. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Let's pursue knowing God. It is not enough to know God intellectually, to know about who he is and what he is like. It's good because that's the Bible study and the GLC. But I submit to you that's intellectual knowledge. Okay? And it's not enough. And most probably that's where we all are. And here's where I become passionate. And this is where I become more challenging to you people. Can you guys transcend that? Many of you guys know your Bible already. You know, Pastor Peter asked the question, who read your Bible? Many of you raised your hand. And yet, you're puzzled. How come you still cannot surrender your Isaac? How come the promises of the Bible are not becoming true to you? You know why? Because I submit to you, your knowledge of God is intellectual. You know about him. You know about him. Who he is and what he is like. You know your Bible. You know your GLC. You know everything. But you need to go forward one more step. And that one more step is where Pastor Insong and I are going to push you. I'm not going to stop until you guys go to the next step because this is the key to knowing God. We all need to know him personally. We all need to know him experientially. We all need to know him intimately so that he will know us as well. Personally, intimately, to have a relationship with you. And that to me is intentional discipleship. You cannot translate what you know into living action unless you understand how God works when you obey. And obedience is the intentional discipleship part. We're going we're gonna to ask you and work with you to surrender your Isaac. We're going to work with you closely, lovingly, gracefully, graciously, whatever you like, to let your God be God so that you will be glorified. We will work with you so that you will display strength and take action for the things that you are facing in your life today. And when you overcome them, trust me, you will begin to know your God the way Moses, the way Abraham knew his God to surrender everything to God.